0: market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC Squawk on the
1: Street.
2: Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Kramer, David Faber coming to you live from separate locations as we kick off uh, an important week. New York City enters phase two reopening today as we watch rising cases in other U.S. states. Futures slightly red here as the Nasdaq shoots for a seventh day higher. That would be the longest win streak of the year. And crude oil above 39, Jim. Uh, but this morning we're going to watch maybe a tale of two cities to see if New York can do this thing as they reopen offices and hair salons.
1: Well, I've got to tell you, I think that New York is taking a big risk uh, because uh, New York has been number one. I mean, when you have the least COVID, I guess maybe you could say it's time to open up. But I also think that it's great to be the least COVID for a little bit. I know you have to do it because there are too many uh, businesses that are going to go under. It's just been too long and the cash flow is too low. I just worry about a bit of a spike because it's great to be a state that you feel safe in. And yes, I want my, well, I don't have to worry about my hair being cut, but yes, I want these businesses open. Yes, I want them to get cash flow. No, it's been just a delight to be, let, it's having lost vigilance, but to be a little less nervous on a Father's Day. Pretty good.
2: Yeah. Um, interesting, you know, Kudlow a moment ago just saying that he does not anticipate another nationwide lockdown. But one thing that Friday did demonstrate is that companies like Apple and Cruise Lines uh, will curtail their own operations if they sense uh, any, any need for caution.
1: Well, it's like the whole th- the shift from New York to the rest of the country is pretty monumental. However, they know how to handle it better. That's really important. Uh, they know what it's really about. That it's not just respiratory. So the uh, I think the hospitalizations to fatality is uh, much much better, and that matters tremendously to me, to everyone.
0: Yeah, the good news is, of course, Mr. Cudlow was quick to, to to hit. Is the death rate is is way down. Uh, also, perhaps, guys, a result of the fact that in places like Florida, in particular, and some of these other hot spots the population getting it is is, um, younger and obviously, therefore, in a much better position to weather uh, the virus. And so maybe there is at least some success in terms of those people who are more more vulnerable not participating. But we've talked about that a lot, Jim, in terms of the impact that's going to have on the overall economy when you do have 10 or 20 percent of people who are simply not really in a position to participate in economic activity, at least in terms of going out and doing things.
1: Well, there is just this kind of uh, bizarre, uh, let's say, hopeful world versus uh, the world that we have. And I think it's centered to me on sports. Uh, The NFL is acting like, please don't worry. I mean, the season's going to start. But we've had colleges, uh, students come back, and the number of outbreaks of COVID are are so great that it's hard to imagine that one team with an outbreak of COVID having to play another team that doesn't. So I I think there's an unrealistic nature of uh, what can come. And I think that we have to be aware that there are uh, that things have just changed forever until they stop this thing. A vaccine. Yes, it's great that China was able to cut it the way they did. But look, it's not going to turn back the way it was until a vaccine. I think everyone seems to be in denial about that in Washington.
2: So what it brings to mind uh some uh, macro desk playbooks out this morning, Jim. One of them is Morgan Stanley with a bunch of ideas about how to play a post-COVID world. I see David Kossin at Goldman this morning says the risk of the continued risk of a second wave. And on top of that, uh, election risk, which has been an ongoing theme for David, keeps their target, their year-end target at uh, 3000 and they say we're going to chop it within this band of 2750 to 3200 There's I a love, look at what Morgan Stanley well, saying I, today.
1: I absolutely love David at all times. Why? Because this time he says it's foreign buying, consumer buying is moving the stocks up. So I think that that's very, very impressive. New buyers as opposed to companies being able to buy back stock. David is a creative strategist, and he's been very right for a very long time.
0: Um, As we saw at the bottom of the screen there, guys, Carnival Cruise, Jim, no surprise, uh, delaying new cruises till the end of September. Oh, there you go. Um, Yeah. End of September. Uh, And and we've also seen this morning, of course, American Airlines hitting the market. There's a look at Carnival, by the way, and the uh, the other two major uh, cruise companies. See how they fare when uh, we open for trading about 25 minutes or so from now. We've also seen American Airlines hit the capital markets, of course. Both right. debt and equity, selling 750 million of straight commons, 750 million of convertible, also new bonds, borrowing as well from banks. Uh, they are trying to raise as much liquidity as they can to get ready, I guess, for the fall.
1: Well, uh, Phil, said, Phil LeBeau said that they are losing 40 million a day, which is staggering. Uh, I also think that we must not be oblivious to the fact that this stock was moved up by young day traders who got very enthusiastic and were led by people who said American is cheap and it's going to bounce back. And I think that American correctly is taking advantage of what I regard as being uh, people who are momentum traders where there shouldn't be momentum. Right. By the way,
2: I mean,
0: yeah. And you're you're yeah. Um, Talking about this retail phenomenon, which is so interesting and powerful and figuring into our into the daily sort of workings of the of the market, Jim. And you've been talking about it a lot and trader day trader, Dave and uh, everything else going on. By the way, Carl, the price talk on the convertible for American is six to six and a half percent on the coupon. It's a five year note. I think it's callable after three years. Um, We'll see where they end up pricing it. I'm not aware that they have yet, but that's sort of where they were in terms of conversion (laughs) premium, by the way, as well up. uh, What was it up? Um, I got I got that somewhere. It was up. Uh, I don't have it. Sorry. Well, I it's amazing I to exactly me that what they uh, were saying. that's just. Yeah. 175 half to 22.5% really? conversion premium, guys. Sorry. That's Just actually an interesting that. piece yeah. of
1: paper. If you think that there's a vaccine, that's a yeah. great piece of paper. These are vaccine versus no vaccine dis- issues. I wish that weren't that case. Typically, you want to have higher yield versus low yield. But what these are, are, a bet on Pfizer and a bet on Merck and a bet on Regeneron. And if, if you, if, of course, many, many others, J&J. And if you want to make that bet, you probably do it with that kind of piece of paper. You get some good yield, uh, and obviously American would shoot up dramatically. Uh, you got a three-year call. You know, it's three years. I mean, you know, I think that some something good is going to develop during that period. So I don't know. That's uh, I, it's interesting, is what I'm saying. A piece of paper. And as to American yeah. day, Davey Day Trade, uh, which of course referring to Dave uh, uh, Portnoy, he's on tonight on Mad Money along with Penn National. Which remember the original tie-up was about sports book, and so the question is, yeah. is will Dave continue? with Stockbook. Um, he had a terrific piece out about uh, how he didn't like the Deutsche Bank downgrade. I shouldn't say terrific. He's done two pieces. <laughs> An analyst downgraded at Deutsche Bank. And it was the most, you got to, I mean, look, I'm not going to encourage anyone to watch anything, but it was me at my hedge fund. What I would sit there and say, I can't believe that idiot, that moron, that moron. And, you know, the, the difference is, is that Uh, You can watch millions of people watch his and uh, only my assistant watch me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's going to be a show to watch uh, tonight, Jim. As for the airlines, guys, um, once again, we see an industry sort of trying to work out the mechanics of how people use their service and how they uh, incorporate masks. It was AMC last week, and now Ed Bashett of Delta uh, told HBO Tonight, Axios, about how they can enforce the use of masks on their planes. Here's what he said. If you take
3: your mask off, no, we can't. We will not forcibly remove you from the plane. If the government were to mandate it, I think that would help because if the government mandated, then you can enforce it.
2: Yeah, there you are. All right, so that's going to be, I mean, that's a more immediate uh, concern, Jim. If you're, if you're betting on airlines in the hopes of a vaccine, in the meantime, you got to worry about liquidity and how much comfort passengers have when they're flying.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they would be uh, certainly it would be a lot easier if you heard larry kudlow speak and he, they're always talking about optional uh that's a mistake uh, the way to that taiwan stopped this was no option uh and if you want to end it you have no option i don't want to sit next to someone who's not wearing a mask so therefore i won't fly uh there you go i mean i very much want to travel but i'm not going to fly until i know that everybody has a mask on because that's how you protect yourself It is to have mask optional is like saying, hey, COVID optional. That's why you got to go with what Costco does. I like shopping at Costco, 16 feet aisles, and everyone must wear a mask or you can't get in. Now, they don't mind if their sales go down because they want to be COVID free. I'm not dying to get on a plane.
0: Uh, Will you go into a restaurant indoors and eat, uh, eat a meal?
1: Yes, I insist on a mask there, too, since I own two of them uh and you gotta wear uh the problem i I won't let people in right now as a matter of fact what's great is the city closed a lot of the street so we can have tables in the street which is really we almost have we almost have as many tables as we used to it it is uh, they tell me it's in a bus lane i think that that's suboptimal david that's a (laughs) joke it's a joke
0: yeah i i get it i am i'm aware (laughs) um and i'm glad you're going to have almost as many tables outdoors not, hopefully by the time it gets cold we'll be able to adjust. I forgot but that. You didn't answer, you, but you would be willing to go inside a restaurant and have lunch or dinner. Oh,
1: no, no, it must have a mask. I won't go in unless there's masks. I mean, I know you have to take the mask off to, How, you know, to yeah, eat. Yeah, you
0: gotta take the mask off to but eat, But I prefer,
1: Jim. look, I, I, it is an, it's an issue, which is why I want to be outside if I eat. I don't want to go to a restaurant inside. Uh, I mean, yes, you have to wear masks, and so therefore nobody wants to eat there. That's all right. I want right. to be safe. I don't want to be yeah. the guy who's dishing out COVID. What would you like with your COVID? Uh, sir? We're
2: definitely going to get a we're going to get a reading on how comfortable consumers are as New York uh, goes into phase two, guys. We'll take a short break here as the futures are mixed. A lot of uh, calls on individual names today, including Apple, Walmart, American Express, Peloton, Gap, FedEx, Intel. We'll get to all of them when Squawk on the Street comes back. As we said before the break, phase two of New York's reopening is now underway, effective today. Our Contessa Brewer is in New York with a look at what to expect. Hi, Contessa.
4: Hi there, Carl. Well, we're hearing the birds and lots of traffic. We have not had to deal with this in quite some time. Phase two will pull as many as 300,000 more workers back onto their jobs in the city. In-store retail, hair salons, office jobs, we know that J.P. Morgan Chase and Goldman Sachs are beginning to bring back employees. And restaurants today can start offering outdoor dining, but with social distancing measures in place. But not all restaurants are diving back in. Jean-Georges Von Gerichten owns 15 restaurants in the city and many more around the world. And I'm at, at the Perry Street Restaurant. It's great to see you, chef.
5: Thank you. Good morning, Contessa.
4: Tell me about how you're handling reopening plans for your dozen or so restaurants in the city.
5: I mean, we're really learning how to um, operate in this uh, new world of COVID. But, you know, it's all about social distancing, of course, gloves, masks, the safety of our staff, safety of our customer. We'll not give menus anymore. We have QR codes that you can actually, you know, download the menu
4: like this. Right here on the table.
5: And then you will see the, you can order the, from the menu.
4: And, and you're even going to try to limit the interactions with the waiters in other ways Absolutely. as well.
5: By next week, we'll be able to order from the table directly to the waiter with your device.
4: What about globally? Are you learning anything from your other restaurants around the world that had reopened earlier?
5: Absolutely, I mean, if you, we close, uh, we have two restaurants in uh, Shanghai, in China, where everything started, but we, we close there the 25th of January. Reopened two months after, on you know masks, temperature, QR codes, on things are back. You know we really excited to go back to uh, to life and starting with phase two, dining outside in all our restaurants. Different days this week, but we'll really keep you safe and we'll do our best in the kitchen.
4: A few more days till Perry Street reopens, but ABC Kitchen opening. In the meantime, guys, the mayor and the governor will be watching the COVID case numbers and really trying to avoid replicating what we've seen in record spikes elsewhere that have been open for a month or more from uh, from their time. And, you know, Nevada, for instance, I know you have a restaurant in Las Vegas as That's well. Great. They've got to watch those coronavirus cases yeah. numbers there as well, Carl. Chef, thank you. We'll feed you well. Yeah.
2: Contessa, thanks. Uh, what a great illustration of the week ahead uh, for New York City, uh, our Contessa Brewer. Jim, does that sort of fit uh, the model you're trying to build at your own place and yeah. your expectations for the city at large?
1: Yeah, I'm very much so. I, I mean, I, first, if anyone thinks I'm equating our places to, to his, I mean, yeah, I, I, <laughs> we worship him. So let's understand that one more place is a bar, the other is a restaurant. But yeah, I mean, look, it's... T- We're all very confused. I mean, we don't want to have a a model that looks like Florida, even though Florida seems to be doing well. Uh, We all want to know how many tables we can really have. We all want to know how to enforce. How do we enforce this? We we don't know how to do it. You know, enforcing social distancing, enforcing Mm -hmm. people who come up to tables. Like, we're just, like, help us please. We don't know what to do. We're not guards. We're not police. Uh, listen. By the way, Florida is not
0: doing that well, Jim. I mean, no, it depends. No. I don't know what you mean. Yeah. I mean, oh, got I just meant that new they, cases.
1: They're, they're having a great time down there. I don't know how they do that. Oh, oh, OK. Yeah, I, I just that's um, unimaginable
0: today. You know, today is interesting as well. Not far from where Contessa was, Goldman Sachs having partners back in the building today, guys. You know, it'll be interesting to see as um, different firms are taking a different approach. And obviously, Goldman's not having everybody back, but they have told many of the partners we expect you to be in. Uh, and so, the, you know, there they are. JP Morgan also starting their return. We've talked a lot about elevator time and how many people in an elevator and whether there's going to be wait times or how you can stagger it. But these are the things that people are going to be dealing with today.
1: Dave, would surprise you if we get retirements, a spike in retirements, because they've been at home and kind of liked it?
0: Mm hmm. I, I, there could be, I listen, you know, I mean, investment bankers can do their jobs from virtually anywhere, True. virtually as well, being a key part of it. Um, so it's interesting to see. Whereas traders, when you're on a, it, it, there is a benefit when you talk to, to being together, to sharing information in the way that it is shared on a trading floor, Jim, as you well know. Right. So there are certain functions that simply don't have to be uh, in the office, so to speak. And, of course, the larger question, I think, and, you know, earlier Squawk had Harold labor on is what are the what are the needs going to be from these huge tenants in the future? You know, how much of their workforce are they going to be happy working remotely? How many people are sick of Zoom meetings all day long and want to get back to the office? But it will be a different world. There's just no doubt about it. And companies are thinking about that all the time. In terms of collaboration, in terms of what's worked and what hasn't, in terms of the mental health of their employees, so many different things going on here.
1: Yeah, well, nobody wants you to visit them. So if you're trying to make a sale, uh, you better do it on Zoom because they really don't want to see you because they don't want you. It's a new person in the ecosystem. I don't know how you begin to have business dinners. I mean, so much business used to be done by dinner. So if you're sick of Zoom, go buy the stock. It's just unstoppable.
2: Yeah, and we're good to uh, upgrade of Campbell's on Conagra Jim later on. The same dynamic. They think that the food away, food at home uh, dynamic is going to be have continued strong support. We'll take a quick break here as we uh, watch futures continue to trade in a pretty narrow band on this Monday morning. Busy week ahead. Let's go walk on the streets back in just a moment. Dow's on a three-day losing streak, but the Nasdaq trying to go for seven in a row. That would be the longest win streak of the year we'll find out a lot more when the opening bell rings in just over seven minutes
0: welcome back as you can see a little less than five minutes before we get started with trading for the week let's talk about the biggest market cap name out there still and it is apple that's the mad dash jim
1: david historically their worldwide uh, developers conference wwdc has been an, an occasion for the stock to spike and then the traders sell All right. But I don't know if that's going to happen this year because Cowan is out with a piece raising their iPhone forecast, 60 to 63 million. Uh, But more importantly, and also ARM based they switched out of Intel to ARM. More importantly, it's 5G. We talk about this a lot. But the idea is, how do you sell Apple before a new 5G cycle? And the answer is you can't. And that's why this continues to be a levitation situation. Uh, the revenue stream that comes from service is going to be valued at a higher price journeys multiple than the hardware. So maybe this time the Worldwide Developers Conference does not lead to selling uh, and people just own the stock.
0: Now, you you dismissed and, you know, I saw it again this morning, though, on Squawk Box. They were discussing it. You dismissed this idea of Apple's market power uh, in terms of the app storage gym becoming a real issue for them. You no, continue I, it, to believe that's the case. It's just,
1: it, look, everyone's buying. every In the same way that people are buying Carvana and Vroom, people just buy online. Uh, there's not much. Uh, the love affair with Apple products, the high level customer satisfaction has not led to, hey, I got to go kick the tires. The uh, The stores are monumental and they're terrific and it's great learning experience to go. Uh, but it turns out that people are perfectly willing to buy things online from Apple. I mean, I want to know if there's a new watch. My watch, uh, I I swam in my watch. David, I know you like to swim. And I got water in it. And it turns out that it didn't work for a while. I did drain the watch. I hope the new ones don't well, require any good. draining.
0: I actually have been thinking about it because I've been doing a lot of open water swimming now, given there's no swimming pools open. And... It might be helpful because it's got a good app for uh, for swimming. Do you know that it but knows that, that you're sure doing it's backstroke? Actually fully waterproof.
1: It knows that you're doing backstroke. Really? It knows that you've switched. It knows more right. about you than you know about yourself. Well, I mean, like you know. Yeah, that's a little psychologically scary. speaking. It could be
0: helpful, but it's also a little scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it could be helpful for you too. I don't know. Oh, no, Maybe it's great it is for me
1: because I realize whether I'm acting out or not. It says that. It tells you, Jim, cool it. <laughs> Uh, I don't
0: know, Carl. By the hard. way, it's good to have Carl back. Yeah, I don't. Is, Carl, are you still wearing your I, watch anymore?
2: Or are you? Uh, you know, I I, I, I've, I still got it right here, guys. I'm not doing open water swimming, <laughs> <laughs> but I do have the watch on. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll tell you one thing, guys. You know, Tim Cook was on CBS Sunday Morning over the weekend. I don't know if you caught it, but had a couple of interesting points to make with John Dickerson about corporate responsibility when it comes to paying taxes, when it comes to considering constituencies other than shareholders. Here's what he said.
0: Apple has a a market cap of about 1.4 trillion. What is the role of the CEO in a socially responsible company that has that kind of size in the world?
6: You know, there was a time back many years ago where CEOs were just supposed to focus on profits only and not so much the constituencies and that's never been my view i've never subscribed to that
2: uh, jim unlikely that that's going to dent the stock or any interest in no, buying the stock no.
1: we now find uh, this is the new way i mean mark benioff is pioneered there's a there's a piece out today raising price target uh, for uh, uh, mark benioff salesforce mm-hmm. saying it is lagged by 32 percent its cohort that's not why they're talking about how they more they're going to get margin expansion but I now think that if you're not uh, thinking about other stakeholders, this new group of investors, well, two new groups of investors. There's the investors who have already traded 400 times today and are down a lot. And then there's this younger people who say, you know what, I want to know what this company's doing socially before I decide that I want to own the stock. That's more than the 25 to 35 cohort. So and that is not why they do it. They do it. Uh, Tim Cook does it because he thinks it's right. A uh, uh, Chuck Robbins gives two hundred million dollars uh, away from Cisco in order for for charitable causes because he thinks it's right. So there's a lot of heart involved. Now I know that uh, business is not liked by the left, but the, that's also not why business does it. But it, it. A lot of it is just they look in the mirror and they think you got to do more. Uh, I don't think that's soporific. I think it's true.
2: We'll, we'll see uh, what uh, today brings. Obviously, as you guys mentioned, Callan goes to four hundred. Uh, as uh, WWDC begins today virtually for the first time. Uh, There's the opening bell, guys, and we were discussing uh, New York uh, Phase 2 and the reopening. Just in the last couple of minutes, uh, Jim, Disney says they're going to begin phased reopening of Paris Disney in mid-July, and Delta's going to resume flights to China on June 25th. So, uh, baby steps. Wow, no, that's big.
1: Uh, uh, That's surprising. I I I find... Disney, the stock is really just languished here because people don't think that it can open as much as it needs. So that's because it's like by a point. Well, it's very small number versus what it was. But going to China on a flight, I, I regard that as being a, a major opening. Uh, while it's of course the same, you could argue major closing is Tyson Foods, which we haven't touched on, uh, and how the Chinese have said no to. Uh, poultry from a certain uh, plant in Arkansas. So yeah, there's there's pluses and minuses with the China relationship. But that's amazing that Delta's going to go there. I, I think it's a good sign. Good sign for uh, commerce. That's what it's a good sign for.
0: Yeah, I don't even know what is prevented, what what the rules are right now. I thought we don't we st- don't we still have reciprocal bans on certain amount of travel? in I both thought these countries,
1: so. or Yeah, that's what I'm kind of amazed yeah. at. I mean, it's like Carnival saying, hey, listen, here's where we're going to cruise. I mean, are the companies making the decision or is the government making the decision? I mean, is it really going to be up to Carnival or Royal that they decide they're going to cruise? And is it really up to Delta? Is Delta like doing some sort of foreign policy? I don't understand it. I, I, I learned know. that we have cables outside soul, Bar San Miguel right? just now. And no one understands anything.
0: <laughs> I know. They're going through Seoul, Carl. Maybe that's how you... I don't know. Well, maybe oh. we need to figure this out or just understand <laughs> it Hey, better.
1: I just found out what no. K-pop is. It's something that gets fewer people into a Trump rally.
2: <laughs> K-pop. K-pop. Yeah, K-pop got some uh, publicity K-pop. over the weekend. Holy that's for sure. Holy cow. Um, oh, look, I, I
1: use TikTok. TikTok. Now I guess I got to go to K-pop. TikTok, by the way, <laughs> is kind of cool. I mean, for... You I like think, it, right? I Did do you, like TikTok.
0: Uh, uh, were you doing any dance moves, or were in the, you the just pool? Sort yes, of monitoring in the things? pool. Yes.
1: Okay. Good. Nice. nice. That's why I got the water and the watch.
2: Yeah. Oh, we're right. going to get some gonna, of that on air. I guarantee you. Uh, hey, hey, Jim. You know <laughs> we, well, we they mentioned, had me falling um, asleep while I was this, fishing,
1: so we can run that if you want.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jim, we mentioned the the whole reopening dynamic. Uh, and then, as we said earlier, Jeffries takes Campbell's and Conagra to buy. UBS takes Walmart to buy at 135 uh, and argues that the gap between the laggards and the winners in retail will continue to widen. So are we going to continue to order in and eat at home well, um, for <sighs> the duration, even as he's reopened, reopening SAP
1: uh, it turns out, not at, first of all, not everybody's going back. But second, uh, there are not a lot of restaurants to go to. There's not a lot of variety. Uh, I just learned that we just got permission to put some tables outside uh, on Bar San Miguel because, again, the haphazard nature of where you can go and can't go, I think, helps Campbell's and helps ConAgra. Uh, uh, McCormick reports this week uh, that was upgraded from a sell to a hold at Jefferies. I think these stocks are good. I had Campbell's on. I think they've got a magnificent path toward growth. Things have changed. It turns out you eat the stuff, and it's pretty good. I, I mean, I, I'm not. A, I mean, David. I know Chef Boyardee it, it, never favored the favorite household, mm. but there are a lot of these things that, that are like you look at what they have and you say, "Hey, you know what? This is pretty good." Millennials, by the way, love frozen food. I guess it's because they owe eighty thousand dollars a year in college, and now you have to pay eighty thousand what to sit at home. A U.S. Yeah. Uh, well, y- let's hope y- not. University of Phoenix yeah, Online is going to play uh, University of Southern New Hampshire Online. You want to see that game? Safest know, game know, there that, is.
0: That's suboptimal, as, as you like to say, for this country's universities. And by <laughs> the way, that process still is continuing, and it's so important overall for the U.S. economy as well uh, when we talk about universities and colleges and what the plan is for reopening. What is the Many plan? Many have made their decision. Well, some are opening uh, mid-August and going straight through to Thanksgiving, Jim. But others have yet to sort of figure it out. There are a handful that have decided to try and go remote. It also depends whether they're in a city center or whether they have a campus that is sort of better defined and so they can sort of contain people there. But there's a there's a lot of questions. But you, and you, then, of course, the questions obvious question. question is that is, you,
1: yeah. Think about what you yeah. said going Which straight what, through Thanksgiving. And that's because they expect a second wave uh, and somehow believe right. that they can avoid it at school uh, during the post Thanksgiving. Uh, I I just think, Carl, kids that are your age, I mean, what happens if they don't go back to school? I mean, do people stay at home who had a job?
2: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, um, it's one more thing that you do not need to travel to. Go visit your kids at school. Uh, This American Express downgrade this morning, Jim, out of UBS as well, going to sell is based largely around... Uh, the idea that there's going to be less need to travel?
1: I think that that piece was a seminal piece because it basically said less need to travel, less need to go out. So if you listen to Larry Kudlow... They're talking about how to change the taxes so that you might want to go out more. It's not about taxes, it's about safety. And I keep coming back. You know, I mentioned that uh, a vaccine, and there's a dozen people immediately on my Twitter feed says there's never been a vaccine this or that. There's also never been a concerted effort to have a vaccine like this, or a concerted effort to be able to make it so that there are monoclonal antibodies to get you out of the hospital. So I'm not as negative as people are. About the idea that there could be something, but I, a, a vaccine. But I do think that uh, we've discovered that eating at home with your family uh, is not bad. I mean, it's like a, it isn't. I mean, we talk about stuff, we learn K pop. It, it's, yeah. but you guys don't, I mean, I, I, for me, talking with my kid, is, no. it, it's fine. It's kind of I fun. was
0: it was the one benefit to uh, it was the one benefit to this period was having my older one home when he would otherwise not have been, given exactly. uh, given his senior year of high school or the end of it. Uh, so yeah, I count that as very lucky having all those dinners. Thank you. That said, thank you. Um, that said, again, back to school. Who knows? Particularly, actually, not for colleges and universities as much, even for. For public schools uh, where people are coming and going every day. It's still going to be potentially problematic come the fall, particularly if uh, in certain places the rates continue to go up. Guys, I did want to talk, uh, you know, we were mentioning travel. I mean, you know, I was talking about some of the uh, partners and the like going to Goldman Sachs, but I'll tell you, if you're a, a senior banker or anything or, or anybody like that, when are you going to be getting on a plane again to do a, a business meeting, I think is a question. Or is that part of of air travel going to be impacted for quite some time to come, because we all know that is a very high margin part of the business for so many of these airlines. And again, it's worth mentioning both American uh, raising a good amount of uh, debt and uh, capital through debt and equity, convertible offering of $750 a like size amount of pure equity, and then also uh, debt. UAL also said to be raising as much as $5 billion. But, Jim, that question of business travel, I think, is an important one because a lot of those people are all also in a cohort where they may not want to travel. They're in their 40s or 50s or 60s or even older. Uh, and, it, you know, it's going to be less likely they're willing to get on a plane for, for one meeting.
1: I think it's really important that that part of the equation is not I don't think it's going to come back very fast. Uh, I, again, I don't think people want to see you. Uh, I think people are very, much more fearful than uh, Washington makes it sound like. Uh, if you can use Zoom or WebEx uh, to get the deal done, and everyone else is using WebEx, it means your competition is the same. I think it's more of that when you get there, no one wants to be with you. And I think we have to start understanding. Unless everyone wears masks and there's unified uh, un- a unified decision from Washington that everyone must wear masks, I think that travel by uh, corporate travel is just not going to come back uh, the way people think. It- it's just too dangerous.
2: Yeah, well, that's that's clearly not in the cards right now. Uh, any kind of national uh, mandate on masks. No, uh, Jim. Um, you know, and then of course there's the whole uh, dynamic of uh, Jim's reopening. I see Stiefel takes Peloton to sixty two. Uh, that's a new street high. Uh, stocks up almost uh, five, five, four and a half percent.
1: Yep, that's a that's one of those uh, pieces of research that really it's it's basically I think much more about an ecosystem about digital about how many different things the Peloton offers and. Look, Peloton's in the Peloton, Vroom, Carvana. These are all part of why I keep hearing that the market should be going down. But these are companies that are major companies people talk about where uh, business is great. I, I could give you a ton of them. Zscaler, uh, Trade uh, jet Desk. They, they, these all benefit. Uh, Cla- uh, and, and CrowdStrike benefits. Palo Alto benefits. These are cybersecurity. Uh, Virgin Galactic, because you can leave the planet. We haven't even talked about Virgin Galactic. That thing got approval to no. send people to the space center. You know, kind of. Something. Versus uh, Expedia. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's, it's, a, a, it's another it's special a purpose deal. acquisition Signing corporation a deal with NASA, Virgin Galactic. Galactic. Tell me that billionaires don't want to go to the space station. I mean, they got money to burn, right? So, billionaires. I mean, don't they already have like a lineup of people uh, who want to go to the they space do. station? How many people can the space station accommodate? Can you eat? Outside the space station like you can at uh, term <laughs> uh, Everything's so crazy. Okay. Do we not? Can we just admit that it's all crazy? That, you know, the, uh, Damon Portnoy <laughs> is bashing Damon uh, Deutsche Bank and people are upgrading Peloton and, and like, people like, like Campbell's soup because it, the chicken noodle's good. I mean, nothing's the same. <laughs> Nothing. Jay, because it's it, 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 an, an op- online bookstore, but darn no, because people don't like yeah. the, uh, Olive Garden. I don't know. What's the scene? And,
0: well, yeah. And then don't forget the Fed. Just don't forget the Fed, whatever you do, because that seems to be having the outsized influence on people's view of the market overall. We've got to
1: get Jay the here. The Fed's a
0: willingness to come in and buy individual uh, uh, issuances I, or bonds. Jay has uh, been upgrading ETFs. everything.
1: Jay upgraded corporate bonds. Jay Powell up, is Jay, who he's
0: referring upgraded to. Just, upgraded right. ETFs. Yep.
1: Are you, is he upgrading yeah. common stocks yet? Yeah. we got to get him on the show. Uh, I don't know. Don't you think I, know. To... I, I, go, I call him JP. You know, JP. I call him JP. But J- yeah, I don't know. Yeah. JP Morgan, is that yeah. like an allusion to that? No, but we get Jay on. <laughs> no, no, and no, maybe just, Jay likes. Jay, do you think Jay likes Sierra no. launch here? Is he backstopping? Is he going to take down uh, some of that American deal? You know the conversion. I don't know. Maybe? I mean, does listen. Like monetary converges?
0: policy is designed. Monetary policy right now does appear to be designed to obviously help smaller businesses to the extent it's possible, and the likes of those that are uh, in in need of capital. Well, is Jay going to buy Such a series of government. hair uh, hair so, salons?
1: Is Jay buying barbershops? shops?
0: I don't know, but it's it's well, not designed I, to help Apple wonder, or Amazon. But it is it is having that impact anyway, and helping them, of course, because. The investors are gravitating towards any place they can find growth, and obviously there's no yield available Uh, in any other and by the way asset
2: class. And by the way, it's not uh, it's not just a Powell thing. Um, There's you know Italy's working on a Fiat Chrysler package as we speak. Uh, Germany and Lufthansa are going to have a showdown this week, Jim, on on that package. That's what. That's uh, nine billion euros. Yeah, something like that. So it's global.
1: There's Look, the governments are out to save as many jobs as they can. And they're hitting these industries that have huge numbers of people who are employed. And it makes a lot of sense because none of these companies did anything wrong. What do we want to do? I'm being told we have to move on. What are we moving on to? Anyone? Well, we let's
2: let's check in with Bob Asani okay. and see what's happening as we open the markets on this Monday. Hey, Bob.
1: Yeah,
3: mildly down. They remember the week after quadruple, which tends to be slightly to the downside. But we had a weird open, very tricky. Right after the close on Friday, futures dropped like 30 points in 15 minutes. So the futures were uh, rallied in the morning. So the futures were up compared to the close on Friday after, after around 4.15, uh, and yet we were still down. So tricky open here. Uh, keep an eye on that. So uh, the week, as I mentioned, after quadruple, which tends to be down. Take a look at the sectors, and you'll see here banks. Remember, we're going into the stress tests here. Maybe dividend cuts. We don't know about that yet, but they're under pressure today. Industrials, uh, energy. We've got futures, oil futures expiring. Doesn't seem to be very uh, 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 much of a problem here compared to a couple of months ago. We were almost in backwardation on the futures contract, but not anymore. Tech's still outperforming. But that's because Apple and Microsoft are up. So now we're approaching the end of the first half of the year. It's We're a week or so away here. It's a pretty simple story. Mega cap tech is up and everything else is basically down for the, second, uh, for the first half of the year. So the NASDAQ 100 here, if you look, is up almost 15%, put up that full screen there, and the S&P is down 4%, and the rest of the world is down, Europe's down 11%, Japan's down 5%, Shanghai's down almost uh, 3%, so you can see this is quite a wide dispersion here, and the outperformance of these mega cap tech names is really noticeable, every day we put up the usual names, the big five, your Amazon, up. that's not a typo, 44% for the year, and Microsoft and Apple, uh, and Facebook. The only real laggard here is Alphabet, a comparative laggard, given the S&P is uh, down 4%, but uh, that's the laggard of the Mega Cap Tech Group. But these are the reasons why the NASDAQ 100 keeps outperforming. The good news is the breadth's advancing overall for the market. The data is still re- supportive of a recovery, and a full lockdown seemed kind of unlikely at this point. The bad news is the outbreaks are going to be with us for uh, a while now, it looks like. And the key to keeping the market up is a bottom for earnings cuts. So just take a look where we are here. The market is expecting a V recovery. I don't know about the economy, but sure as heck in the earnings situation here. That's not a typo. Down 42% for second quarter estimates. And that number is not rising at all. We've still seen these cuts in increasing. So the market the cuts have to stop and the market now has to start removing these numbers. They start they have to start getting better overall and the market has to believe that they're getting better and we have to have companies come out and say, "Guys, here's our guidance for the year. We withdrew it earlier. Now we have some guidance." We need a little better clarity keep the market going at this point. It's going to be a busy week overall. we got the IMF. They're going to update their economic forecasts for what all those are worth. Uh, we don't really know what's going on, but people still pay attention. The Fed bank stress tests are coming and we'll hear about the dividends there. That's the big issue for the week. And we got the Russell rebalancing at the close. That's traditionally one of the big events of the year. Remember, because everybody's indexed now, these rebalancings become very important. We saw that on Friday after the close.
2: Carl, back to you. All right, Bob. We'll see you in a little bit. Uh, Bob Bassani. As Bob said, uh, Dow's down about half a percent, although to his point, mega cap tech continues to lead. Apple and Microsoft are green, along with Nike, which does have earnings on Thursday night. We're back in a moment. All
0: right. Welcome back. The path forward, of course, continues to be a topic for us. If you wanted to sell an apartment in New York City over the last few months, well, you haven't really been able to do that until today. Robert Frank joins us now with the reopening at least to the real estate industry. Very much unclear, though, whether anybody's looking to actually buy, isn't it, Robert?
6: Yeah, David, and and at what price? Now, a big day for the nation's biggest real estate market, as you just mentioned. This morning, for the first time, brokers can actually show apartments in New York City for the first time in three months. Now, normally in Manhattan, you get about $2 billion a month in deals, so that's $6 billion in deals that did not happen during this pandemic. The question, as you mentioned, is how much of that business comes back and, of course, at white price. This market has a big climb back to get to where it was pre-COVID. If you look at listings, they're down more than half. If you look at sales contracts, they fell by 80 percent in May, and that was a bit of a recovery from April. And then if you look at, broadly speaking, which sectors are going to be hit the hardest? Well, it's really going to be focused on new development. This apartment on Park Avenue on the Upper East Side is part of a new luxury condo. Just came on the market. Nine of the 11 units in this building are for sale right now. This unit here is about 3,900 square feet, four bedrooms, four baths. It had been listed at 18.9 million, now listed at 17.9. So already a million dollar price cut. And I told the developer is motivated very much to sell right now. If you look at this recovery, it might be in two stages. The first stage will be lower priced apartments, so the one to two million range. There's always demand for that. That will be the first to probably sell. That will be the largest number of sellers since a lot of those people have stayed in the city. The wealthier folks to the high end of the market, they're still gone, probably gone for the summer at least. And so that five million plus segment, apartments like these are going to be the hardest hit. Guys, back to you.
0: Yeah, Robert, you mentioned all those people who are gone. One question is whether they will even come back. Of course, part of that could be their ability to actually sell their apartments in New York. Um, I have a question, though, on new development. You know, there's been so much of it over the last 10, even 20 years. I would assume some things will get finished, but it seems hard to imagine there's going to be much new development beyond that. Yeah, what's already in the
6: pipeline is coming through. What's also interesting is what the workouts are going to look like. So a lot of these new buildings have inventory loans. So those are loans by lenders against the existing apartments inventory that's expected to sell. And the question is, how much of a loss, if any, are those lenders willing to take? And at what price are they willing to let this go? During the financial crisis, the big lenders on these new developments were the banks, and they wanted to get that off their balance sheets quickly. This time around, it's much more patient capital, so we could see a longer waiting game for this new development before developers and lenders just decide, look, we're just going to clear it off. So that, that's the question is, when are we going to get a meeting of the minds of the sellers, the lenders,
1: and the buyers? Things that I'm trying to figure out myself is, what, what about the defaults? So, uh, and are there defaults in the four or five million? And I mean, people lose jobs or in the one or two. And can you evict people? So you can't
6: evict anyone on the rental side in New York City until the end of August. There are efforts in the state legislature to extend that even further. So that's been frozen. So nobody's been evicted. You go around New York City, Jim, I'm sure you've seen it. There are a lot of moving tricks, trucks in the streets of New York City. And all that's been feeding through on the rental market. The sales market is slower to come through. But your question on defaults is a really excellent one because basically all the defaults we've seen so far have been very quiet. So unlike in the financial crisis where the banks publicly took over buildings, there were defaults. This time around, quietly, developers are stepping away from their equity in these buildings. The lenders are taking over. The question is, what will they be willing to take in terms of a loss when they sell these apartments?
2: Yeah, that's a great point, uh, Robert, of course, and, and we know today that home loan delinquencies across the country are pretty much at a uh, nine-year high. Well, we'll watch all that as uh, New York reopens phase two. Uh, Robert Frank, this morning, we'll take a quick break here. Uh, the Dow is on the cusp of erasing what was a very quick and early 200-point decline. We're back in a minute. Coming up on Squawk Alley this morning, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Airbnb's Brian Chesky on the hospitality market COVID safety, potential IPO plans, and a lot more. That's coming up later on this morning. Back in a minute.
1: It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. Astounding upgrade this uh, morning from Wells Fargo. A sell to a buy, Gap Store, saying the Athleta brand is undervalued and that they have a ton of real estate that they could monetize. Uh, this is a contrary call, and they even call it idiosyncratic. Uh, do I like it? I don't know. Uh, it is uh, – I didn't know that they had all that real estate. I mean, somewhat revelatory piece, worth watching, certainly.
2: Yeah, no, they do acknowledge it's not a fundamental call, but yeah. I, I did not expect an 8% pop on the, on the, on the note, Jim. No, uh,
1: the, nothing about how Gap Stores is doing. And I think that in the end, that is what's been driving the stock. It's on Mickey Jackson this morning. Always reminds me of Gap, uh, Jay Crew. He's got a new line out. But I, I think that when you go to Gap Stores, I will call them un, 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 uninspired. I don't, feel, I don't feel inspired when I go to a Gap. Hmm. Except for the one in Rome, which well, was fabulous. I-
2: Tonight's Mad Money is going to be inspiring. Holy cow. We, we have it.
1: we got Penn, Penn National, and then we have the, uh, Erica Nardini, who runs Barstool Sports, and then David Portnoy, perhaps the most, I'd say, controversial figure of, our, of this era. And we will find out. Remember, he has a sports book coming in the third quarter but right now because there's not a lot of sports. It's about stocks, and uh, he's got views. He has opinions. Uh, he Binion.
2: definitely knows how to get people talking, Jim. There's no doubt about that. You know, he's actually uh, like, we'll I mean, I know he's as
1: good as, he's incredibly nice. He said that about the <laughs> Deutsche wait. Bank guy uh, that he Mad trashed, money. though. Yep. Today, I'm so excited.
2: <laughs> right. We'll see you then. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street.